today's episode, we had the opportunity to interview Feralis from DAT Booster. In addition to DAT Booster, Feralis is the creator of Feralis' BioNotes and is also an orthodontic resident at Texas A&M. You are listening to The Smart Dental Student, your source for information regarding dental school and your professional journey with your hosts, Matt Manley and Landon Guy. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, Alice, how's it going, man? Going great. Thanks for having me. Oh, dude, thank you for joining us. I um, I was talking with Landon about uh, my journey to dental school, and I was like, dude, can't tell you how much I referred to uh, Alice's bio notes. <laughs> um, so it really is a, uh, if I had a copy of it in front of me, I'd be like, dude, can you please sign my bio notes? Because <laughs> yeah. uh, you're kind of a legend in my world. You know, I haven't had a chance to autograph anyone's yet, but you can oh, be the first. Dude, heck <laughs> yes. Well, shoot, I'll just go ahead and mail you a copy then. How uh, How's things been with, um, I guess, did Booster just kind of come along and scoop you up or how did that work? So it was an interesting story. I had just stopped working for another DAT company and I really wanted to start my own. I thought I could do a better job than what was out there. So... I went about thinking, okay, how would I do this? And I realized like, Hey, I, I cannot create a PAT section. You know, I, I just don't have that skill set. Um, so I was looking into, you know, who could I recruit who could help me with creating PAT practice material. And as it turned out, there was this resource PAT booster. Um, so I reached out to the guys who ran it and then sort of by coincidence, they were also working on creating an American DAT resource. So it was just kind of fortuitous timing. We both had sort of aligned interests uh, oh right around the same time. So wow. it worked out pretty well. Yeah. That is outstanding. I, I So I don't know if you personally know him, but David were, is uh, in our class. Um, and, uh, you know, he had talked about writing a couple articles for um, DAT Booster. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, is there anyone that you could put us in touch with? And so that's kind of how we... Um, how we cross paths, but like, as far as, um, you know, for us, like one of the things that we're trying to do is be a platform for kind of pre-dental students, dental students, and then providers as dentists. Um, and, uh, and so we wanted to kind of launch our podcast with doing a lot of content for pre-dental students. Um, and so this was one of those things that, uh, for us, it was really exciting to be able to talk with someone who actually works for or with a um, a DAT preparation organization, um, because the DAT, as you know, is such a gatekeeper for getting into dental school here in the U.S. Oh, yeah. Huge, huge component of it. Um, it's arguably like, you know, there's... Not a lot you can do necessarily to change your performance throughout undergrad. However, it was, you can't really go back and change a lot of your extracurriculars. I feel like for a lot of students, the DAT is kind of like the one thing you can invest a lot of time into short term that would give you big benefits as far as the admission cycle goes. So it's, it's absolutely a huge part. What, um, what do you say, what would you say is kind of the differentiator for um, DAT booster kind of in the DAT prep space? I think for us, um, and most students will probably tell you the same thing, 
is just we really keep the material up to date. I think for a lot of resources, what happens is someone will invest the time and the energy and the money to develop a resource and students will buy it. And I guess the revenue starts coming in and they sort of become complacent. You know, uh, I'm not going to call out any particular resources here, but I think that's what a lot of the companies have done. They kind Mm -hmm. of, they're like, okay, we're, we're making the money. Why bother investing more time into it? If it seems to be, you know, just generating into Exactly. So I think for us, just the fact that we're constantly updating it, constantly expanding it, constantly turning it over, if you will, to keep it fresh. Um, I think that's a really big thing. And I think it's something that students have certainly seemed to appreciate over time. How do you even go about updating the material? Like, what do you use as a reference for you to be able to basically, you know, I guess just update, update things like what, what kind of information do you gather in order for that process even occur, if that makes sense. I pay very close attention to student feedback. Um, so students will often write in, you know, after they've taken the test and they'll say like, Hey, you know, I, I use booster. I thought it was great, but I really wish I had more practice doing like, you know, ice tables, for example, in chemistry, or mm-hmm. really wish there was more on periodic trends. And, you know, we instantly will respond to that. We'll set somebody to the task of like, okay, let's create some more of these periodic trend questions. And our question writers are very skilled at making the questions representative. It's really easy to write, you know, any type of bio question, gen chem question, orgo question, but it's not always going to be helpful if it feels to the student like it's out of the scope of the DAT, if it's mm-hmm. too difficult or if it's too easy. So a big thing is also not just creating the new content all the time, but making sure that it's content that's really appropriate for the level of the DAT. Do you see any... Because um, I imagine you know, trying to stay on top of... Uh, you know, the the DAT content has got to be challenging, um, especially with, you know, we keep hearing about the trends moving upward of, you know, dental schools accepting more and more competitive DAT scores. And so I imagine that the test developers would have to kind of develop harder questions or do you, do you feel like they kind of, um, uh, kind of keep their questions the same. It's just a matter of uh, score is increasing, or do they? Do you also see them kind of creating the the content to be a little bit more challenging too? I think the content has definitely gotten more challenging too, and and it's interesting as you pointed out. Despite that, the averages of you know an accepted dental student continue to climb over time. Mm-hmm. But the one reference I always like to point people to is um, so the only official DAT practice test there are currently are the 2007 test and the 2009 test. And to me, it's kind of crazy that like these (laughs) tests are now like, you know, it's over a decade old and that's all official material that students have. But if you ever go back and look at those exams, the majority of students, I think will tell you those exams were much easier than the level of difficulty that there is today. So I think that there's probably some natural calibration that takes place behind the scenes with whoever is writing the test. So they updated to make it a little more challenging. I would still say like, for those of us in the dental field, uh, we're lucky that we take the DAT and not like the MCAT or something like there are far crazier tests out there. It's one of the more straightforward ones, but I think it absolutely is getting more challenging. And maybe the most challenging part for students is just how much 
the performance has gone up over time for the average student. Like when I was studying for the test, uh, if you scored a 23, that was the 99th percentile. That was like a fantastic score. Uh, nowadays, I think a 23 is like the 94th percentile. So it's, it's wild how much it's shifted over time. Uh, and I, I think like the accepted average now for a dental student, it's trending towards a 21. When I was applying, it was like a 19 and you were good. So it's, it's really shifting a lot over time. I, uh, I certainly empathize for students. I'm happy that I took the test when I did. Mm-hmm. And do you think that's more of a product of there being more study resources like DAT Booster, or do you like what do you attribute that to that that students are scoring higher on these on this test? You know, I'd like to think at least part of it is dentistry is seen as an appealing field to get into. And naturally that drives a lot of competition that increases over time. But I think that the quality of the resources absolutely is another big factor. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was studying for the test, you had like crack the dad or like this old software called like top score or just like DAT achiever stuff that nobody really uses anymore. And Mm -hmm. I can see why nobody really uses it because it's, it certainly is not as good as what's available now. So I think that there are far better materials to prepare with now that are certainly helping students achieve these higher scores than before. They're certainly also a lot more comprehensive. Like back in the day, those resources I just mentioned, you couldn't learn the material from them. You would practice with them. They had like practice tests, Mm -hmm. but they wouldn't teach you chemistry or bio or orgo. Whereas a lot of the resources now, at least the mainstream ones, they will also have some component of them where you can really learn that material if you didn't master it in your college courses. So I think certainly the quality of the resources has definitely contributed across the board. What, uh, for our listeners uh, who probably don't, you know, some of them because they're taking or preparing for the DAT now, they may not be as familiar with you personally, but could you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you um, kind of got into dentistry and, and kind of where you're at now? Yeah, of course. So, uh, and I'm sure this is something you guys have heard from a lot of people before that are in dentistry. When I was in college, I was interested in medicine. Um, but as I went through undergrad, I sort of lost interest in it over time. I realized it wasn't really for me. It was kind of too high stakes. And honestly, I felt like the personality of a lot of the pre-med students was just too type A for me. Like They were very, very focused and I was not. I wanted something that sort of gave me more flexibility in life. So I graduated from college in 2010 and I was a bio major, but I didn't go into anything science related. I had a few years of gap time between when I finished undergrad 2010 and when I started dental school, which was 2016. And in that time in between, I had a few different jobs. I worked as a transcriptionist. I worked for a shipping company as like a a type of, I would say like billing specialist. I had a few different odd jobs here and there, um, but none of it was what I was really looking for as a career. I was just kind of trying to make money while I figured out my next steps. But I'd always been kind of interested in dentistry because my cousin was a dentist and I had gone through orthodontic treatment when I was in high school. And that was something that always interested me. And I became interested in that as a job when my cousin came here for dental school and he was going to go to orthodontic residency. So he told me a bit about what it was like. And I was like, okay, this sounds pretty appealing. You know, I didn't want a job where I would be sitting in front of a computer all day. I didn't want to be in like an office job. I really liked that in dentistry, you got to sort of interact with people. I liked that there was kind of this cosmetic or aesthetic component to it. 
sort of, I guess, depending on the procedures you're doing. And I like the fact that you got to work with your hands. And I'm sure yeah, anybody who's ever had to do interviews has probably heard this a thousand times, but those were kind of the things that pushed me in that direction. And maybe the biggest thing of all, though, was simply lifestyle. I knew that I didn't want to have a job where I had to work like 80 hours a week. I wanted to do something that gave me the flexibility to have my own off time to pursue whatever other interests I wanted. And I'm kind of naturally a lazy person. So it appealed to me to not have to work too much. Um, So I became interested in dental school. I started studying for the DAT. uh, Honestly, probably like 2011 was the first time I tried, but I was really unmotivated. It was terribly difficult for me to start preparing for this test. I, I think I would do this thing almost every day where like I start reading bio notes or chem notes or something and I do it for like 20 minutes and then my attention span would give out and I'd go do something else. And then you know there were times when I was working and not thinking about studying at all. It really wasn't until 2015 um, when I really I guess put the pressure on myself to start taking studying seriously. Uh, I needed a lot of help from a lot of different people at first. Getting into that routine of studying again after not doing it for years, that was hard for me. So I always tell people studying for the DAT was probably one of the worst experiences of my life because for a good few months, I was just grinding. And it really was this big curve to get back into that. Um, I had written these biology notes um, and I, believe it or not, wrote and released these before I took the DAT. And I mean, well before I took the DAT. I think in one of my studying attempts, I was like, okay, I'm going to going to put together these condensed bio notes. So I don't have to look through five or six different books. I can just put it all in one place and memorize it. And believe it or not, I got that done in like two or three weeks. And I, I had this crazy plan to study for the DAT in like two, two weeks that I had remaining. I was like calculating the number. If I study 20, 20 hours a day and I sleep four hours a night, can I do this? But I didn't end up studying for the test, but I did release the notes because, you know, I figured, like, look, if whenever I'm studying for anything, I want resources that make my life as easy as possible. And it seems crazy to me because I'm sure dozens of students before me did just as good a job or better with notes that they just never put out. And I figure, like, why make anybody else go through this process of cross checking all these different resources to make sure it has everything? So I put them out there um, thinking, like, okay, you know, maybe students will find this useful. And, Fortunately, a lot of them did. And for quite some time, it was used for a lot of students who were preparing for the test who didn't want to miss out on those like small facts that the DAT could sometimes ask you in that section. Uh, so that was kind of my motivation with that. Like for me, it's I really wanted something where I could have it all in one place, but still be comprehensive. So that was my motivation behind creating it and then releasing it. I just wanted to help people not have to go through that bit of a headache of you know creating their own set of notes manually. I can't even imagine being in a place where I would have to study without the resources that I had. Like Landon and I both kind of came in when, um, you know, DAT boot camp was just starting and Landon and I both actually had the same tutor. We both hired a tutor to like beat us over the head until we, you know, took the DAT and, um, and it, kind of like what you said, that was literally hell. Um, I, I never want to experience that again. I know I got to get ready for boards, but you know, the, uh, the experience of having to sit for that exam and then prepare for it without those resources, kind of like what you said, having to develop it yourself. I just, I can't, I can't even imagine. So I've really, and I remember again, reading your notes and just being like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe somebody sat down and did all this on their own. Um, that's such hard work. So I really appreciate you doing that. 
It was, it was a lot of hard work, but, um, you know, if it made anybody else's life easier, it was definitely worth it. So building on that, what keeps you staying in the game of helping people prepare for the DAT? Like what, what motivation do you have to continue doing that? That's a good question. You know, I, I think at least partially because for me, studying for the DAT was such a miserable time. I'd like to make that process easier for other people. I'm aware of like how stressful it can be, how difficult it is, especially for students who are balancing it with all these other responsibilities, like students who are, you know, I had the benefit of, I was not an undergrad at the time. So I was able to take off this chunk of my life and study for it. But for a lot of students, I would say for most students applying, like they're still an undergrad, they're still taking their exams. They still have to go to classes and they have to study for this enormous exam. And I remember just like, I had so much like personal friction with my friends and family at the time, because I had completely like shut everything away mm-hmm. to study for it. And I had been saying I would study for the DAT for years. So my family like didn't believe me. They were <laughs> not like, oh, yeah, supportive. sure. <laughs> That's exactly how it was. Uh, in fact, I think after I took it, they called me up and they were like, did you actually take this exam? It's like they, they didn't even believe that I had taken it at first. So <laughs> I know what it's like to, to sort of not have that support there. And I wanted students to have resources and someone to talk to, I guess, who could sort of help guide them in that process. Because when I was pre-dental, I didn't really have anybody to help me with that. Even though my cousin was a dentist, uh, I guess she was she had done it so long ago that she wasn't, I guess, able to guide me in the way that I really needed. So yeah, I, I guess just wanting to make it easier for other people. I'm sitting here listening to us kind of complain about the DAT. And I, I was talking to a friend the other day. I was like, you know, GV Black didn't have to take the DAT. <laughs> uh, and he was just a fine operative dentist. Um, and, uh, you know, just kind of putting into perspective the um, the kind of caliber of clinician um, or maybe not caliber of clinician, but rather the broad knowledge that you kind of have to um uh, exhibit in order to enter dental school, uh, and, uh, kind of have that all under your belt before you even begin school. And now you are, uh, with starting in 2016, you're, are you practicing now or what is, what is kind of your lifestyle look now? now? Went to dental school in 2016. I finished in 2020. I'm an orthodontic resident currently at uh, Texas A&M. So still, still learning, still learning. Man, and you do this on the side. This is amazing. Yeah. Oh, it's, um, it definitely requires a good balance of time. I'm very fortunate to be an ortho, which is maybe the one specialty that gives you that kind of flexibility, but yeah, I'm, I'm very, very fortunate. And what lessons would you say you learned while studying for the DET and going through that long process that actually help you as a clinician? Because or even in residency now, because I feel like one of the big things that gets talked about with the DAT is like, why do I even need to go through this process to yeah. even get into What's the benefits? school? That's exactly. a really good question. It's a really good question. I mean, and I, I think we can all say this from experience now, the things that are on the DAT are not really reflective almost at all of what dental school is like. Uh, there's very little overlap. I mean, you could argue there's like sections of bio that kind of recur at a much higher level in dental school, but the majority of the tests, like you're not really applying those skills the same way. I think the DAT and almost any standardized test, it really just functions to see like, Hey, 
can you sit down and force yourself to study for a big exam? Like it's almost an indirect measure of discipline. And that's probably the one thing I really learned from the test is that like, if you can manage your time, if you're super disciplined about almost anything, you can achieve a lot. You just really have to be willing to put the hours in or sacrifice the free time to put the work in. Um, because it's, it's not like the DAT itself is a direct measure of how good of a dentist you're going to be. That's really going to be something you you'll find out in dental school based on. And I, I think we would probably all agree just the amount of time you put into practice to become more skilled, to become better is probably the number one determinant of how good you're going to be clinically. Uh, mm-hmm. all this academic stuff is it's discipline based, I would say. And you kind of see that even in residency as being, you know, applicable in that I'm assuming that, you know, you've got a little bit more latitude in kind of your day to day as opposed to what you had in dental school. Um, And you've got to be kind of more self-disciplined because you don't really have someone kind of poking or peeking over your shoulder to be sure you're getting your stuff done. You're, You're having to stay on top of it yourself. Oh, very much so. Very much so. Yeah. In in dental school, it's kind of like your schedule is so crammed with things to do that you're almost being told like, okay, you got to study for this next. You got to take take this exam next. Practice for this practical that's coming up. Uh, residency, they kind of ease off the gas and you're a little more in control of the pace of things and what you get done and when you get it done. And I'm assuming, I mean... Granted, we're both, uh, you know, neither Landon or I have any experience of practicing outside of dental school. So, um, but assuming that these things are also going, I mean, I can speak of, you know, my time before dental school when I was, you know, working as a project manager, when I was in the military, that all these kind of skills that you learn from preparing for an examination like this do carry over uh, into being beneficial. And I, I'm assuming even as a clinician, having these kind of um, these skills where you're like, hey, you know, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to buckle down, take care of this, um, these amount of patients that I have, um, you know, ha- and handle the cases that I need to handle so that I'm not having to overwork my staff so that we can all get off at a certain amount of time. You know, you're kind of putting the work up front so that you can kind of relax and chill later. Absolutely. Those kinds of skills transfer. And also just, I think when I was preparing for the test, it started to make me a more detail oriented person when I was an undergrad. And if I was like studying for something and I didn't understand it, I had this tendency to just skip it. I'd say like, okay, well, hope this doesn't show up on the exam. And you know, that would like, that would be it. But when I was studying for the DT was like, okay, you know what? Like, I don't want to take as many chances. If there's something I don't understand, let me look at another resource. Let me do my own independent research online. Let me try to figure it out so that I don't have any like explicit weak areas. And that's something that's kind of carried over now into orthodontic residency. Like there are times where I'm like, okay, you know, maybe, maybe that wire is fully engaged in the bracket and I could just leave it, but I don't take those chances anymore. I, mm-hmm. I kind of make sure everything is done at a sort of high quality because that's what the patients expect from you. And so, you know, the argument or the um, I guess the encouragement is that even as someone who is preparing for the DAT, uh, this is going to pay dividends in the long run. It's not just a, hey, you got to sit for this thing because, you know, you're 
your dad had to sit for it, your uncle had to sit for it, or, you know, some old dentist somewhere had to sit for it. And so we're having to pay our dues to get in kind of thing. This is a, um, like you said, this is an exhibition of your, uh, your self-discipline to kind of show that you can put in the hard work, sit and get this done. And then kind of where you fall on the spectrum and how, you know, you can take these principles and apply them in dental school, apply them in residency if you go to residency or apply them in private practice. I'm sorry, yeah. not private practice, in practice in general. Even if, you know, like you were saying, even if the, the you know, you may never use the organic chemistry you're learning again or the general chemistry you're learning again. But for a lot of students, this will be the first time where you'll take an exam of this size, of this scope, where you'll have to study for this extended period of time. And that's something you're going to have to do again and again in dental school. Mm-hmm. So going through this process now, believe it or not, is a good way to sort of build up your endurance for what you're going to have to prepare for later. And like you were just talking about the dental boards, you're going to go through kind of this, this very similar buckling down for these massive quantities of information. You know, It's a very similar process and it's good to have gone through it at least once before to know what it's like to have to manage your time in those situations. And Landon's on mute. So I'm on mute. There we go. (laughs) I'm just just sitting here having a great conversation with myself. Um, He's not going to edit that out. He's going to leave it in there. Yeah, I'll just leave it in. Um, But I I definitely agree with what you said, though, because I I was a person who had to take the DAT twice, mainly because I was really dumb and studied in a week and a half for the first time I took it um, and didn't understand like the rigor it took in the discipline required of you to actually succeed and do well on the test. So I definitely learned through that experience to, uh, if you really discipline yourself, you can really accomplish anything that you want to. And it's prepared me so much for dental school because I, I now I know how to study for everything pretty much. Um, it's, I feel like it's made my time in dental school a lot easier, but it took a while for me to get to that point. And there were so many moments where I just felt down and discouraged. So what would be your encouragement to an individual who's studying for the DAT now and is just feels really beaten down by it. They're worried they're not going to score the right. And they're worried they're not even going to get into school because they're not going to do on the DAT. What would be your encouragement to them? The first thing I tell them is look, worst case scenario you may have to take this thing again. And it's not the end of the world. Plenty of people have had to do it. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's the end of the line if you do poorly. So try not to think about, you know, what if I don't do great? Because even if you don't do great, that doesn't mean you're never going to do great on it. The mm-hmm. thing I'd probably urge them to keep in mind is, you know, anyone who has ever been a dentist has taken this test and done well enough to get in. And you can probably see like, hey, I'm at least as good as some of those people, you know, you shouldn't think like this isn't something I'm capable of. It may just be something you need to practice a little bit more at, but it's in a, it's, Mm. I honestly genuinely believe like if you've made it far enough through college to be taking this test, you have the skills necessary to do well in the DAT. I know it, it can be a huge burden. It's definitely stressful, but you have the skills necessary at this stage, it's really all just about managing your time to get there. And again, if it doesn't go your way the first time, that doesn't mean it's not something you're capable of doing. It just needs another attempt 
change up your methods, but it's absolutely achievable. I think for anybody who's made it this far. And kind of like what you just said with um, DET booster, what kind of, um, what kind of feedback are you guys getting as far as uh, success from your, your users? Oh, we've had users have insanely high scores. Um, and of course there are people who don't get me wrong. I'm not saying like you sure. where you're guaranteed to do well, but I think for the students who really stick to the schedule, who work through all of the material and it can be a lot of material on some days, but the people who can get through all of that, who are super thorough with how they prepare booster can get them a very high score. But I really, I have to emphasize to anyone who's studying for the test, the biggest determinant in your success, it's not the resource you use. Mm -hmm. It's 100% comes down to your work ethic. Because remember, there were people who were getting, you know, off the chart scores back in like 2003, before any of these great resources existed. And that was because they really dedicated their time to master the material. The, The number one determinant in how well you do, it's going to be what's your work like. And if you have that in place, you're almost guaranteed to do well, regardless. I, uh, when I was studying for the DAT, I knew, cause I just had my first child and I, I, you know, I was a, a Marine veteran, been in the army as an engineer officer. And I was like, Oh, you know, I've, I've taken a lot of tests. I've, I've had, you know, stressful situations, blah, blah, blah. Like this isn't going to be that hard. And, uh, I remember I, I took a post back and was just working through, you know, cause I didn't have any of the sciences from my, um, my undergraduate degree. And, uh, so I went back, did all that. And I remember sitting, <laughs> sitting in the library and just going to the bathroom and just crying and being like, what the heck am I doing right now? Like, this is destroying me. And I thought, man, this test, I, I, I didn't take it seriously. Um, you know, when I approached it and, uh, I'll, I'll tell you that tutor definitely helped me take it seriously. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm forever grateful to him and, uh, and to, you know, his, his persistence in driving me to study hard, um, because I thought I had a good work ethic already. Um, you know, I led platoons of Marines and did a bunch of, you know, what I would consider hardcore stuff, but, uh, you know, this, this was a different aspect of, um, of preparation that I wasn't very used to. Um, and so, like you said, being able to hone your work ethic, particularly in studying, um, was crucial to performing well. Uh, you just can't say, Oh, well, I'm going to sign up for this resource or I'm going to pull this book out and I'm just going to rush through it and I'll be ready. Absolutely. It's demanding in like in a unique way. It's it's something like I said, most people have probably never encountered the specific challenges that come with preparing for this test until they're preparing for the test. Because when else in life are you expected to like master a few different subjects across their like entire breadth all at the same time? It's a new thing. And it is very hard. I, I definitely had my days where I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm just done. Like, I'm not going to do this. This is beyond what I'm capable of. And you'll evolve. Like, you'll be surprised at how much better you get at it over time to the, and then, you know, you'll enter dental school and you'll look back at the DAT and you'll be like, wow, you know, that was so rough at the time. And now I, I wish I could go back to taking exams like that because oh, man, yeah. what you're learning in dental school, it's so much, so much information compared to the DAT. Landon knows that I'm probably one of the top students in our class. So, you know, 
and he's on mute. <laughs> yeah, I am not. I'm I, I muted on purpose. <laughs> so I didn't have to mention. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm a father of two now, so I am. I am doing whatever I can just to hang on to the apple cart. That's got to be an incredibly difficult thing to balance. Like I always thought, okay, if I had kids and I had to balance dental school, I don't think I could do it. You know, I would feel like <sighs> there were days where I came home and just had to grind for some exam. And I feel like when you've got kids, you know, you, you yeah. can't just be like, oh, sorry guys, you got to wait. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's. I'm finding that after bedtime and really early in the morning are my cherished moments of, uh, of sitting down, just getting very intimate with my notes. Are you, so how is sleep for you? I, I guess for both oh, of you, because I know dental school, it was bad enough, but with kids, it's gotta be that much harder. Shh. Landon, Landon goes home and takes a nap and, you know, just does all sorts of fun <laughs> I, stuff. I mean, not all the time, but I mean, I try to get in bed at like nine 30, but you know, Matt, Matt does all this stuff. You know, he's goes to dental school. He has two kids and he's like, blames all this stuff on that. And then he goes and starts a podcast. Like <laughs> he's, he's gotta be like certifiably insane. I, I probably am. It's just, don't, don't tell anybody you're going to have to cut that out. You're going to have to take that off the podcast <laughs> off the episode. <laughs> well, um, as far as, uh, you know, covering everything that we've talked about with, um, what DAT booster, uh, can offer and some of the encouragement that you've given. Um, is there anything exciting coming up that, uh, that you'd like to tell the listeners about with, uh, DT booster? Yeah. So I'm always uh, slightly hesitant to announce anything in advance because sure. what happens next is that students will be like, Hey, when does this come out? And sure. then if I don't have like a firm release date or it gets delayed, that really bothers them. But, um, I'd say one of the things I've been working on for a while now was just this very, very large question bank for bio. Cause I know, you know, just reading notes, a passive thing can be very difficult to sustain. Mm -hmm. So having mechanisms in place to sort of keep things fresh in your memory, I think is really critical. So we've been designing a question bank that not only has just a ton of practice for them, but it stages and rolls out the questions in a way where it continues to sort of quiz them on things they've read weeks ago to sort of keep it sharp in their oh, mind. Smart. That's where a lot of my effort has been uh, for the past couple of months. And that's something that we have coming out very soon. So I'm super excited about that. And one of the other things that I personally really love doing is working with our illustrator. Um, he does really great work. I love to be able to create custom visuals for biology for students. Uh, it's one of the most exciting things for me because I can kind of make something that's in my head come to life. I don't have the skills for it myself, but he does. So it's really nice to go through that process and have something at the end of it. Is that something like, um, oh, what do they use for uh, uh, the CBSE? Is that like Picmonic or, or some of the other like visual? So we right now, um, I'm so I work with him to create visuals for like presentations we have, videos we have for the notes that we're working on. Okay, um, nice. But we also are working on designing infographics. So I try to basically have these key visual images that sum up a lot of the most important information. Uh, what you're mentioning, I think, is a really great study tool for memorization, too. It's something I would really have to figure out if I could design on my own. Getting that mnemonic type stuff in visual sure. form, I think, is like such a great skill. Ralph, really appreciate you being on the show. I, um, 
I personally don't have any uh, pressing questions um, unless there was some that you feel like you know listeners should uh, either know about DAT booster or um, if there's anything pertinent that you'd like to share. Um, you know, but we also want to respect your time because we know you're in residency, so you know your time is precious too. I really appreciate you guys having me. Uh, it's been great. As far as DAT booster goes, you know, I always try to tell people whenever I was in school and if somebody who was affiliated with the company was ever talking about the resource, I just kind of like tune them out automatically. I'd be like, mm-hmm. you know, this guy's biased. He's going to tell me it's great. So I always encourage students, like if you really want to know if DAT booster is good or not, talk to other students who have prepared for the exam and used it or used other resources and see what they have to say. That's the best way you can get unbiased feedback on whether or not it's effective. And that's what I always encourage students to do. You want to make sure that you're keeping up with students who have taken the test recently and can speak to like the quality of what's out there. And I really appreciate you guys letting me come on and talk about it a bit. It's been fantastic. That's very transparent. We really appreciate that. And thank you. We enjoyed it. You have been listening to The Smart Dental Student. The views, information, and opinions expressed during this recording are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent the organizations that the individuals are affiliated with. If you enjoyed the content of this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe. Also, you can follow us on Instagram at Smart Dental Student or visit our website for more information at smartdentalstudent.com.